0: What are you doing?
1: I'm listening to songs from the TV show Dinosaurs
0: It's 4 o'clock in the morning Why are you listening to songs from the TV show Dinosaurs?
1: Because I've lost control of my life Hello and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rocking good time talking about all of your favorite movie soundtracks and TV soundtracks. My name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight is my lovely and belligerent co-host Libby Cudmore. Libby, what's shaking?
0: It's been a, uh, a minute since we've done this. Yeah, it's good it's, to be back.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. We we uh, took, a, took a week off and... Uh, So that I could, you know, escape to Disney World for a week or so. But we're back and we're ready to talk about uh, all all manner of fun soundtrack shenanigans. Uh, Like tonight's episode, which is one of our On the Fives, where we talked about something a little off the beaten path. Libby, what's what's our episode this
0: week? Big Songs, which was the musical tie-in to the show Dinosaurs. I'm sure that's a, a big one among our fans. It was extremely, extremely popular. I remember watching it with my family. Joe, I'm sure you remember watching it with yours. I
1: Very much so, yes. I, I, on, only 90s kids will remember this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like weirdly embedded in our brains. Um, it's one that I won't think about for a long time. And then suddenly remember like a weird out of context line for. Yeah. I have to text it to my sister.
1: Like it's a show that I haven't actually like watched a full episode of in probably 20 20- plus years, but I could hum the full theme song t- like right now, if you asked me to, Like yeah. I know it's just <laughs> embedded in my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but before we get into d- uh, dinosaurs tonight, we have two polls from our last episode on Oh brother, where art thou that we want to cover real quick. A uh, first poll. We asked you what the best song from the soundtrack was. We picked four and we asked you to choose the best one. Uh, it was a tight race. Uh, tied wow. for tied for first place, uh, didn't leave nobody, but the baby in Big Rock Candy Mountain took 32% of the vote. It's pretty impressive. In the Jailhouse yeah. now was a close, uh, I guess, third place with 28%. It's
0: bonkers, music video.
1: Absolutely crazy, yes. And uh, Keep on the Sunny Side with a paltry 8%. Oh, yeah,
0: that's okay.
1: It's all right, yeah. And then the second poll we asked, we put... All four of the versions of Man of Constant Sorrow together, and asked you to just des- to decide which of these four was the best, which version was the best. And so, with fifty eight percent of the vote, the full band finale version, y'all decided was the best one, which uh, is pretty fair. That's that's the one that most people are familiar with.
0: Yeah, the one that also got the music video.
1: Absolutely. And then thirty six and a half percent went to the radio station version, ten and a half to the Blake instrumental. And the John Hartford instrumental got a big fag goose egg, which is a shame. because I kind of like that one the best?
0: I, I kind of enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's the sad violin version. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> be that as it may, uh, look out for our poll on the dinosaur soundtrack after this episode airs. We'll usually put that up the weekend after. Um, so keep an eye on that on our Twitter at OST Party.
0: Oh, now Joe, um. Tell me a little bit about this this episode. Because this, this album has some significance for the two of us.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. So <clears throat> one of my favorite things to do is to go dumpster diving at thrift stores. Not literally. But, you know, you never know what you're going to find in the thrift store DVD bin or, or CD bin. And one day I just reached in and pulled out the CD titled Big Songs, Dinosaurs. And I thought, well, that's weird. It is a Dinosaurs soundtrack album for a dollar. I had to snap that thing up and I shared it with Libby and she has been badgering me to do a podcast about it ever since.
0: Cause you, I think you sent me, uh, I can do whatever I want. Yes. <laughs> and that became kind of the, the primordial ooze if you will, that the OST party <laughs> Came out of, I think we joked about doing a podcast just on that album.
1: Just so we could talk about that, yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, because it was so bizarre. It it got us thinking about other soundtracks. uh, And we're like, hey, we should do a podcast on them. So here we are.
1: Yeah, and it's taken us 80 episodes, but now we're finally talking about dinosaurs. (laughs) And I'm so excited to finally put this thing to rest.
0: (laughs) And I had really only heard that one song. So digging into this album was kind of exciting and and really kind of interesting for me.
1: Yeah, and, and one of the things that I found out right away listening to this was, this is not a true soundtrack for the TV show like you normally think of them because none of the songs on this album appear in the show. Actually, no, that's a lie. The song, I'm the Baby, Gotta Love Me, was written into an episode just so they could promote this album. Otherwise, yes. all 12 of these songs are completely original songs performed by the cast of the show in character as their dinosaur characters. <laughs> it's truly bizarre. I
0: really wish that we had gotten like a coming out of our shells tour, but for dinosaurs, oh, man. big
1: songs. That would have been amazing. It's like the best of both worlds, like coming out of our Shills tour, walking with dinosaurs, you mash them together.
0: Exactly.
1: That would have been fantastic.
0: It would have been, but people are dumb and don't like money, I guess.
1: No. And that's kind of where, where uh, this episode comes in, because as far as billboarding school goes, I don't have any. Because as far as I could tell, this album never charted. I couldn't even find like the specific date that this album was released. All that we know is that there's the copyright date is 1992. So that, <laughs> that places it somewhere between epi- between seasons two and three of the show. That's as much as we know about this.
0: Interesting. Um, what else were we listening to in
1: 1992? The albums that topped the charts that year were Nirvana's nevermind. Uh, Garth Brooks had a couple of albums that year. The bodyguard soundtrack, the Wayne's world soundtrack and um, Billy Ray Cyrus. (laughs) So dinosaurs could find no purchase in that minefield of, of uh, musical madness. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, for those unfamiliar with what we're talking about dinosaurs, this was a TV show that aired on ABC from 91 to 95. It's one of the last productions that Jim Henson worked on before he died. He had originally conceived of the show as like this traditional like family sitcom, but with dinosaurs. So basically just the Flintstones. Yeah. (laughs) But nobody thought it would work until The Simpsons premiered and that show caught on like wildfire. And then all apparently all of a sudden some people, you know, studios just said, we got to have more wacky family sitcoms. And Jim Henson was like, hey, I've got dinosaurs right here ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) And then. Speaking of the Simpsons, I really truly believe the only reason this exists is because the Simpsons sing the blues was a huge hit.
0: You're probably right.
1: Like that album and like Do the Bartman were huge hits. And so I'm sure somebody (laughs) at ABC and Disney said, we got to have a Dinosaurs album.
0: (laughs) And and again, you know, you had like the Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour. Like these kind of loose tie ins to family media were kind of part of the musical landscape
1: yeah and like movie soundtracks are a dime a dozen tv tie-in albums are a little less common and like can you can you think of any others like from this kind of time period
0: but when we get um you know music from dawson's creek from friends Mm -hmm. uh from but you'd see that a little later so this, I, this was it sort of predated that, but the music there appeared in the show. And right. they would have, you know, those pop music, uh, theme songs. So I'll be there for you. I don't want to wait. And then they'd build music around that. But to have an album with music that doesn't appear in the show, that's just in character for a show that's not a musical. Again, that I think can be tied more to the simpsons than anything else
1: absolutely yeah and i mean for my own personal experience goes uh, the one one tv show album i did have as a kid and i'm kind of embarrassed to admit this was the album for the drew carey show
0: interesting
1: (laughs) which is where i first i want
0: to know what's on that
1: which is where i first heard like the time warp from rocky horror picture show boy and all kinds of Um, weird stuff
0: I know one of my friends had the X Files album.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, Songs in the key of X. Uh, I remember that one. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Halloween episode we could do sometime.
1: That could be good. Yeah. yeah. Let's we'll keep that one in our back pocket.
0: Or the the uh, X Files movie, which is terrible, but it has my favorite Foo Fighters song.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. That's a that's a possibility. Here we go. Um. So, do we want to just dive straight into the album?
0: I think so. Um, I want to read uh, some descriptors that came about this album from Rate Your Music. Okay. They are Death, Lullaby, Vocal Group, Hateful, Novelty, Sarcastic, Female Vocals, Boastful, Surreal, History, Fantasy, Ballad, Male Vocals, Party. (laughs) Hateful?
1: I mean, yeah, I can yeah. see that.
0: Yes, There's I a guess couple, so.
1: There are a couple of songs on here that are truly kind of hateful.
0: Yeah, that are loathsome and will be playing in hell. Um, the music for this um, was written by Ray Colcord, who wrote the music for the show, and also co-wrote another OST party favorite, uh, I Like Them Big and Stupid from Earth Girls Are Easy.
1: Oh, my God. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That is not the only connection we're going to find tonight.
1: Oh, that wasn't the one? Okay. Well, then I'm, I'm excited. Then. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I, I'm kind of dreading having to, to jump into this album because I know what's first. And I just... This,
0: this album does not start off great because it starts with uh, Baby Sinclair, who's voiced by Kevin Clash, mm-hmm. singing, I'm a dinosaur. I can do whatever I want. Let's go to a clip.
1: I want this song to be over now.
0: And then it is. <laughs> um, he wanted that too. Yeah. Um, this calliope inspired nightmare is what wakes you every morning in hell.
1: Oh, yeah. This is the bugle and, horn.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and it's weird, again, to think that everything we've done up till now is inspired by this. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, what What are we doing to ourselves?
0: like we discovered too much of a good thing but from
1: this but because of but it's because of this and like that that chorus where like baby sinclair is like leading a chorus of children and they're all screaming i can do whatever i want it makes me never want to have children (laughs)
0: like it's migraine inducing it is deeply unpleasant and you know you're an adult when you do not have time for this shit. Like, when you're a kid, you're like, not the mama. Like, that's great. But when you're an adult, you're like, I hate that little thing. I want to dropkick him across the room.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And if I, if I was, <laughs> like, six years old, this is the song I'd be playing over and over again. I know yes. it. I just know yeah, it.
0: Yeah. really is. But I, I want to poke some holes in Baby's Logic here. Because he says, I can do whatever I want. Because I'm a dinosaur. Well, they're all dinosaurs. So they can all do whatever they want up to and including eating him.
1: Oh, yeah. But he's the baby. You got to love him.
0: No, I refuse. I wonder if anybody still has. Because they had like the plush baby.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Like I kind of want to know. I uh, Like, does anybody still have those?
1: I never knew anybody who had one of those. And I'm kind of glad I didn't, now that I think about it.
0: <laughs>
1: like, I knew a bunch of kids who loved, you know, a bunch of kids like like myself at the time loved watching this show, but I don't think I ever knew anybody that had, like, any of the toys from this, or, like, any of that stuff. No.
0: Yeah, I, and I'm trying to remember toys. I had trading cards from it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because my dad um, used to always put trading cards in our stockings. Mm-hmm. And so I know we had dinosaurs trading cards um, among others that's cool so but that was like the only sort of tie-in that i remember except for the the plush baby
1: this is one of those things that just kind of disappeared after a certain point
0: it's weird to think that uh you know because now of course disney owns this um and now there would have been spin-offs and tie-ins and there would have just been so many toys. And it's kind of nice to think about an era where that wasn't the case.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Especially like, cuz there was so much Simpsons eh. merchandise.
1: Right. And even now like I'm trying to my first thought was like, oh well they would definitely do a dinosaurs the next generation or something. But then I remember the way the show ended kind of like makes that impossible.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does have
1: a pretty like, bleak it, ending.
0: Yeah. Which I guess was planned from the beginning, which is even darker somehow. They're like, yeah, we're just going to fuck everybody's lives up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I get that they were trying to make this like some kind of statement on like climate change, but who oh boy. <laughs> Maybe.
0: 1995 was pretty radical.
1: Kind of, yeah. And, that, yeah. and that, that was definitely at the time when like when we were kids and we were in school, they were really hit, hitting us over the head hard with that stuff.
0: Um. It's very right. Earth
1: Day of them, but it is. this this song. They planet. <laughs> this song. Sorry like,
0: that these CDs are clogging up landfills right now. Exactly. <laughs>
1: but this song just, I. It makes me want to break my entire house in half.
0: It will make you want to turn off the CD, but we implore you, keep going. It actually does get better.
1: It yeah, it's it's kind of like the. Um, it's like the, the thing that, that wards off like the casual fans, and like if you can get through this, then yeah, everything else is pretty, pretty OK. <laughs> yeah,
0: surprisingly solid. So we're going to jump out of this now.
1: Yes, please.
0: Uh, into in a Perfect World," just sung by Charlene Sinclair, who is voiced by Sally Struthers.: Yes.. In a perfect world. Like as an adult, I'm probably not supposed to like Charlene because she's really stereotypical and a bimbo. But as a kid, I did.
1: <laughs> but you did, or you, like you did like? I her did.
0: Like I was just like, she's she's the girl character, so I'm gonna like. Oh, her. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Uh, I always think of her quote when she's talking to her grandmother, like. Uh, She's like, oh, we could do something with yarn. (laughs) It's one of those lines that like lives rent free in my head. Um...
1: (laughs) This this is a honestly like a really surprisingly like good pastiche of like 60s girl group songs.
0: I find it kind of weak tea. Really? Yeah.
1: I don't know. I I guess based on the previous song, this one just did a 180 where I was like, oh, okay. There are real songs on this album. So I think just based on that, I appreciated it, but it's okay.
0: Art, but I think there are better pastiches later on. Oh,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: Yeah. So I think this one I was like this. Yeah. It just needs like a little bit more of a boost. It sounds very white. Um. Yeah. But I also like that the mall being open and world peace are like on equal footing. Oh, like most, in a perfect world, most the definitely. mall will be open and there won't be any more fighting.
1: Yeah. And also that all the guys they date are eighty feet tall, so <laughs> because because they're dinosaurs.
0: Um, and her song and Robbie's song, which we're going to get to in a second, um, have kind of the same message. Like mm. they're just teen, they're idealistic teenagers, and they just want world peace, but also them all
1: exactly. Which in, <laughs> which in nineteen ninety two is absolutely true.
0: It's um, it, it's. A surprisingly accurate read of the 1992
1: Child Mindset. 100%. Everything is
0: Burger King and there's no more war.
1: It's the end of history and all I want to do is party.
0: Charlene, it is many, 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 many centuries later. And we're no closer to either of those goals.
1: No. And also the mall is closed forever. Sorry.
0: Yes. But you can order anything you want on Amazon and uh, some child laborer will make it and ship it, and it will be delivered to you by someone who hasn't peed in four days.
1: <laughs> but fortunately, they won't be they won't be burning your ancestors to get it to you because they're all electric now.
0: <laughs> not around here, they're not. No,
1: I know. Some, I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're burning our we're burning all their ancestors. Way to go, us. We did it. Sorry, Charlene. <laughs> our bad.
1: Oops. <laughs> I gotta get to work, Charlene. Can you blame me? Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I... To I Wanna Be King. Okay. Which is uh Robbie Sinclair, her brother, is voiced by Jason Willinger. Mm-hmm. Uh he sings that. And he's got a special guest.
1: Yes, yes he does.
0: <laughs> Go to a clip first. Don't worry. Well that's
1: the one and only Christopher Maloney from Law and Order and Wet Hot American Summer.
0: And those naked Peloton commercials.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I'm Check absolutely out Spike on the to- guitar. <laughs> and with this big old long hanging out. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Chris Maloney's on the cover of People this week. And it says, it's something like uh, love, happiness, and being naked. And I'm walking past it, just sort of talking to my husband in the grocery store. And I just see, like, Chris Maloney... And the word naked, I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> what? Those oh. commercials genuinely make me uncomfortable. God. And I think because like he's running naked through the park, and I'm just waiting for ice tea to tackle him. Because <laughs> that's what a sex offender does.
1: Oh, lordy.
0: He has become the thing he hates most.
1: <laughs> he's going to play a bitchin' guitar solo, and then he's going to go hump the fridge.
0: I just I, I love 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 <laughs> Chris Maloney is in dinosaurs it's kind of undignified
1: um, it was like one of his first roles wasn't it
0: yeah it's a very very early <laughs> role for him and he plays kind of a yeah. shitty dinosaur like he's like Robbie's best friend but he's also a dirtbag
1: yeah <laughs> uh this song sounds like the entire Bill and Ted soundtrack crammed into one song <laughs> And it's glorious. It's glorious. Yeah. It's really stupid. trying
0: to, it's trying to ape that Bon Jovi sound like that big, like hardcore arena, but like happy. This is like the, the power anthem on, um, but this is one of those, again, like equal footing on one hand, he wants to change the world. Like all oh, the bad guys are going to have to go. And there's not going to be any crime, but also he wants to be King. Like, so Robbie will rule with an iron fist.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he he says he'll save all the world. He'd solve all the world's problems with mindless enthusiasm and rock and roll. I mean, who can say no to that?
0: I think that's actually the premise of Bill and Ted. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Again, who can say no to that?
0: Yes, but also, we don't want a king. That's a dictatorship. This is America, goddammit.
1: <laughs> fair, fair, fair. That's true. <laughs>
0: Really, strongly crafted song. It
1: really is. It's surprisingly <laughs> it really, like, good. If you
0: weren't paying attention to the really, really goofy lyrics, or that it's being sung by a teenage dinosaur and Chris Maloney, you could honestly like slip this onto a classic rock station, and no one would know the difference.
1: Yeah, like I had to listen to this a couple of times before I really realized what was going on here. <laughs> it
0: the... just—it sounds like like a late 80s rock song. Yeah. Like an arena rock song.
1: Like it it approximates that sound very well.
0: And the lyrics are so sort of general that like you really if you only caught snatches of it while you were like driving, you would think this was like a Bon Jovi song.
1: Mhm. And I do cr- And I do believe Bon Jovi wants to be king. So that makes perfect sense.
0: I'm um, I like that he says under our scales we are all brothers that he will then subjugate.
1: <laughs> yeah. I,
0: You're all my brothers yeah. but I'm, y- I'm going to be the king and I will rule over all of you. <laughs> With Chris Maloney at my side. This big old <laughs> wiener hanging out. <laughs> well, he does squats. Special victims unit.
1: Smear mud on his ass.
0: <laughs> That's a big old ass to smear mud on. <laughs> it's gonna have to go to the pits. <laughs> Good Big Lord. old cake, man.
1: Oh, my goodness! So great.
0: Um, so
1: far, this is the highlight of the album, everybody. Really? <laughs> I, <said laughs> I think so
0: the next song is actually my highlight.
1: Yeah, I said so far.
0: <laughs> so far, okay, that's fair. So We're only far. three songs in, but
1: so c- coming up, coming up next. Okay. Uh, We get a song from Earl Sinclair, the the patriarch of the family, who's voiced by Stuart Pankin. Uh, This song is called Grandma's Coming. Oh, boy.
0: Say that I'm gone for the day. Doesn't make up a story. Happy quick, cause grandma's on her way. Grandma's coming, I can smell smell. I'm breaking in my boots this end. But the only thing on earth can make a dinosaur scream hey bad boy is that you bad voodoo dinosaur, dinosaur.
1: <laughs> a brassy big band number from earl lamenting the fact that his mother-in-law is coming to visit <laughs> i
0: mean it's like really really hackneyed just it's, 90s it's like schlock.
1: it's like dumb cat skills humor but honestly it works <laughs>
0: Really big Louis Armstrong vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it borrows a lot from that you Santa Claus. It yeah, like a lot.
1: I mean, I I did have the note. This is almost like a Buster Poindexter song, but that that tracks. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> really, really kind of takes in that, and then like a little like yeah, kind of Cab Calloway mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So like Minnie the Moocher, and uh, like I said, it's so cheap, but it sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> my one of my favorite song on the album.
1: And this at this point in the album, it makes clear to me that they are bouncing between genres like pretty pretty confidently.
0: Yes. As we and so far expertly. we've gotten like
1: a 60s girl group song an a LA late 80s like hair metal anthem and now a um what would you call this?
0: Like a big band.
1: Like a yeah, like a big band like show number. And they're they're pulling all of them off pretty well. <laughs> it's uh, I mean it shouldn't be a surprise because this is like the Jim Henson Company that's doing this, but it's kind of a surprise to me.
0: Like on its face, like a crass commercial tie-in, but they didn't slouch when it came to the songwriting craft. Right, there's and, some effort put into this,
1: and I think it's it's just more surprising because I know the show was not very musical at all. So the Not fact that they made all these songs for the express purpose of an album is even more impressive to me.
0: Yeah. They really, they commit to the bit. Yes, uh, yes. Now, I don't remember much from the show Dinosaurs, except for a few episodes that uh, my family taped and watched a thousand times, mm-hmm. including The Last Temptation of Ethel. Okay. Uh, which is where Ethel... uh dies goes up to heaven comes back to life and uh sort of regales people with tales of the afterlife and is sort of taken advantage of by a televangelist (laughs) um and it has one of my favorite show lines which is um you know because earl has buried fran in the backyard thinking she's dead and she claws her way out of the grave and Fran is ignoring Earl and I'll, I'll have to see if I can find a, a clip for this. But so, uh, Fran is ignoring Earl while he's trying to be nice to her. And she's like, you buried my mother alive, Earl. And that great <laughs> Jessica Walters voice. And he says, yesterday, yesterday I buried your mother. Today I brought her soup. Now we're <laughs> even Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's so weird. And it was like, it was perfect sort of family humor and this show in looking back on it like it addressed uh the you know the gulf war sexual harassment lgbtq rights mm-hmm. uh like so much climate change it went through a lot for a family show and it's like kind of, like looking back at it it's kind of impressive that it did that
1: yeah, it's it's kind of a remarkable like production for the time. And it's weird that it's become one of those things that's just kind of nostalgia bait. Like, oh, yeah, I remember dinosaurs. But the when you go back and you watch it, like the craft really shines through. And, yes, and, it was a
0: very yeah. expensive show to film, which is why it didn't last all that long.
1: No, that's true as well. And, I mean, the fact that it got four seasons at all is kind of a miracle on its own. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's this is the more we talk about it, the more I realize this was like the show was something special
0: streaming anywhere.
1: I believe it is on Disney Plus. Okay, so it's there. I I don't know if like any of the episodes are missing or if they've like cut things out. I just I have no idea because I honestly haven't watched it.
0: Yeah, I know if we went back, I think it was on Hulu and we watched one episode and it was kind of, you know, it's silly. It's a 1990s family sitcom. Yeah i'm um, i i do not know if i need to go back and watch it but yeah the more i think about it and think about the craft of it i'm um, i'm kind of interested to go back and and see what it addresses
1: that's that's kind of how i feel about a lot of jim henson shows now that i think about it because like the muppets are one thing but then like like I, uh when apple brought back fraggle rock I went and I watched the first few episodes of that and like, yeah, okay. I, I remember this when I was, from when I was little and this is cute. This is nice. Okay. What else is on TV? Like,
0: <laughs> If I had kids, um, would I want to show them this? And I probably would because I think there's probably a lot that would still hold up to some extent.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I think kids would enjoy this more than, <laughs> more than us as adults. And that's kind of sad to say now, but that's just the way the world works.
0: Yeah. but um but i am enjoying talking about this album this a is
1: nice this is a this strong, strong album this is a very strong yeah, album so, and there's there's more to come
0: yes uh so next up is uh stone age bayou by monica de vertebrae let's go to a clip <laughs> no memory of this character
1: i do because i remember it being such a strange thing that like there's just a character whose head is coming through a wall and that's like she's she's um like a a brachiosaur or something like that and like the all you could all they could get of that character was like she would put her head through the window and that's all you ever saw of her
0: okay i'm I In reading up about her and refreshing my memory on this show, she seems really badass. She's divorced. She's a career woman. Mm -hmm. So to reduce her in this song to pining for a man and a family feels really disingenuous.
1: A little bit. Like, as far as a character song goes, it's not great.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And this is like that standard adult contemporary uh, sound. Like it's it's very, very generic. Um, it's
1: a little bit Zydeco, it's a little bit Jimmy Buffett, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so um that also doesn't doesn't work for me. Again, I think this shows the strength of this album is that you've got all of these legitimate musical genres. They're all performed fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um and lyrically they're entertaining to kids, but musically they're not. All that grating,
1: yeah. It's pretty main, pretty main mainstream kind of like stuff. Yeah,
0: you could like if as a parent, you could put this on in the car, and for the most part, it wouldn't make you want to drive off a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Except now we're gonna talk about another song that makes you want to drive off a mountain.
1: Before we do though, I just want to point out as far as the lyrics to this song, Stone Age by Ugo. It occurred to me late in the song that the place that she's talking about is essentially Shrek's swamp.
0: Oh, God. She
1: wants to, she wants to live in Shrek's swamp.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> she wants no. to live with the man she's talking about is Shrek. Let's just be honest here.
0: <laughs> Need to stop.
1: I'm going to stop myself because otherwise I'm going to say something terrible. So let's move on to something uh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So this is this album's like hit single, if you will.
1: The song that got the video. Yes. I'm the baby. Gotta love me.
0: Once again, sung by Kevin Clash.
1: Let's go to a clip. I'm the baby
0: Telling my dad and my sisters that we were doing this episode, Mm -hmm. Hillary had a strong memory of our neighbor Niles singing this song. I have no recollection of that, but Hillary seemed to recall it.
1: That she had a memory of anybody singing this song is kind of amazing.
0: It's one of those, like, I remember hearing it. I don't know Mm -hmm. where, I have no context for it, but it all felt vaguely familiar.
1: Yeah, I definitely recalled this one as soon as I heard it. And the, the best thing I will say about this is this is the closest thing the album has to like a legitimate Muppet style song. Like
0: it's extremely Muppet style.
1: The the banjo strumming is like it's so Muppety.
0: That's what it was. I couldn't place it. Because yeah. all the other ones you could t- kind of say like, oh, well, this is big band jazz. This mm-hmm. is 80s arena rock. Like, but this one I couldn't. There it is. Muppet.
1: Yeah. This, that's Muppety. just the genre of music. It is Muppet music.
0: Um, this song is really silly and stupid, and it's less musically vibrant, I think, than the others because even its muppetness is kind of weak. And that rap is 100% cringe forever. Oh, absolutely. Uh- <laughs> Very bad. Well, I think we should play a clip of that. I think just on the bed.
1: I, I want to point out that the review that this album has on allmusic.com ends with this line. There are humorous bits throughout, but the real gym, if you can tolerate it is I'm the baby in which the songwriters were brave enough to include the line. I take every chance to make a poop in my pants. Gotta love it.
0: The video is fun though.
1: It's yeah. It's like a little mini episode of the show. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like baby Sinclair is directly talking to like the, the, the DTV VJ, as it were.
0: I was thrown by the accent, but it's kind of what Kurt Loder looks like in real life.
1: A little bit. Yeah. And he's like, well, and the baby doesn't like whatever, like, dinosaur metal band is playing. And he's like, oh, you think you got you can do a song? Yeah, I can do a song. And he starts singing, I'm the baby, gotta love me. It's cute. <laughs> the song is not my yes, favorite, yeah. but the video is cute. <laughs>
0: got those uh, zz top puppets that are really funny like yeah it, it does a lot of like mTV prestige that's pretty funny
1: mm-hmm. um
0: the little Dino music television gag really made me laugh yeah just seeing that like little dinosaur astronaut hopping around
1: is mm-hmm.
0: extremely silly and made me laugh
1: it's it's like a, a very very intensely like specific detail that I appreciate
0: <laughs> yeah um as of two thousand fourteen baby was the only quote surviving dinosaur oh my Um, goodness yes the way latex and foam breaks down um the others just aren't around anymore they they really don't have that long of a shelf life um and so as of this taping uh he may not even be around anymore
1: so somewhere out there in a warehouse there's baby sinclair there's Yoshi from the Mario Brothers movie, and there's a Ninja Turtle just rotting away
0: yes. in a warehouse. Some... Yep. Um, I want to say there was an article on uh, on BuzzFeed that somebody toured the Jim Henson workshop, and they had one of the the last surviving baby puppets. But they were saying it's, it's not going to last much longer.
1: Oh, that's Maybe a shame. It,
0: down. it is that they can't be preserved um but that's uh latex and foam just doesn't have that long of a shelf life. i mean
1: i guess you think they would be able to like hermetically seal it in a chamber or something
0: <laughs> yeah but, but I, I also
1: at a certain point like is it really that valuable
0: especially considering like maybe not the baby because he was a hand-mounted puppet yeah but the costumes worn by the performers were heavy and expensive and now they're just gone
1: yeah just 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 these deeply intricate like costumes and puppetry and rigs that they had to produce for four whole seasons of a TV show with like dozens of characters it's mind-boggling how much they had to produce and yet the only one that survived is Baby apparently that's crazy yeah fun fact do you know what Baby Sinclair's actual name is
0: um, isn't it something like ah, I'm dying, you idiot? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was like the, the chief elder was supposed to name the name the baby dinosaurs and uh, when they became baby Sinclair's time, he died. I think I think baby like kicked him into a volcano or something. And his last There's words were, ah, ah, I'm dying, you idiot.
0: Um this this show for all its sort of broad stupidity. It was actually pretty funny.
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh boy! So should we move on from uh, "I'm the Baby"? Yes, Yes. please. Uh, So moving on, one of another character we haven't met yet is Earl's boss, named BP Richfield, uh, voiced by Sherman Helmsley, of all people, which is delightful, which is amazing. And he has a song called "I'm a Cold Blooded Guy." Let's go to a clip. Because they're such a soft touch.
0: favorite line in any song possibly ever get funky or I'll kill you
1: (laughs) (laughs) that one's great my my other favorite line is I had a family once they were delicious
0: like electric blues Mm -hmm. it was really popular in the late 80s um honestly the example that comes to mind uh with this I immediately think of Bruce Willis's The Return of Bruno.
1: Oh god, yeah.
0: Which is like way overproduced. Um but I bet honestly I bet Eric Clapton would be racist against his dinosaur too.
1: <laughs> I mean, the first thing I thought of was like this is this is uh every George Thorogood song ever.
0: No, this slaps yeah. way harder.
1: Oh, I yeah, yeah, totally.
0: George Thorogood never threatened if, uh, to kill anyone if they didn't get funky enough.
1: That's true. <laughs> but this is another one that I really enjoy just because of how hard they go for that genre sort of vibe. Like they, they go for the bluesy guitar and they nail it
0: like this one. The jokes land
1: and Sherman Helmsley is just screaming throughout the entire song. And it's hysterical.
0: He actually does sing in the show. He does. And it's not on the soundtrack <clears throat> album.
1: There's like, there's a clip where he's singing purple haze and he's, he's got the whole like, like hippie 60 stoner vibe going. And it's, it's Sherman Helmsley singing Jimi Hendrix Purple Haze, and it's fantastic.
0: Like, you told me about it, and I was like, okay, sure, whatever. And then when I watched it, I was genuinely laughing.
1: <laughs> it's it's great.
0: Yeah, this one is is also up there with, with one, as one of my favorites.
1: Oh, yeah. Moving on.
0: Um, we finally got a song with uh, Fran, who's voiced by the late, great Jessica Walter. Singing, He's a Lizard. He's a Lizard. I adore him.
1: I'm so glad he's around. A... He's a wizard. He excites me with his reptilian
0: way. Just a Lizard. And I love him. I have Lucille Bluth sings a torch song about being horny for a chunky dinosaur on my bingo card ever.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's Lucille Bluth. It's like Mallory Archer in my head all of a sudden singing this jazzy burlesque song about how much she loves stupid dumbass Earl Sinclair.
0: Yes, I. Um, my dad had a crush on Jessica Walter. Oh, I'm because we were big Arrested Development fans in my family. Mm -hmm. And he I he called me one day. He's like, did you know that Jessica Walter voiced Fran on dinosaurs? (laughs) (laughs) He was delighted by this fact. And I actually sent him this song and I think he was just like, oh, boy.
1: (laughs) That's that's when I found out that she was on this show was when I got this CD and I was going through it for the first time. It's like, wait a minute. I know that voice. Who is this? (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) But um, when my dad worked for FEMA, one of his co-workers, I think she was his cousin. Okay. And he actually got a a picture signed to my dad of Jessica Walter. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. When she died, like, we all called my dad, like, is dad okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I seem to recall this being a number in the show, but I honestly couldn't tell you if that's true or not. Yeah, I could be in in my mind's eye i can picture the the scene where she sings this but like uh, it, just just not coming to me whether or not it actually is true or not so if anybody out there listening Spent
0: to the whole episode
1: did did i yeah did i just write the episode that all these songs come from who knows
0: they are really working those background singers
1: they really are they're they're getting they're making their money that day for sure we i love that them this into is, it they, this, Turns into, like, a call and response with her mother, Ethel, where Ethel just sings about how fucking terrible Earl is.
0: He should eat dirt and turn blue. (laughs) Just, I'm gonna start using that as an insult.
1: Eat dirt and turn blue.
0: Yeah. And that's... She's voiced by uh, Florence Stanley.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So. um, And occasionally puppeteered by Kevin Clash.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like... one thing I learned looking through the the cast of the show is like a lot of the original like muppet performers worked on this show. Yeah. Like uh Yeah, there's David David Gools did um he he was the puppet for Earl. He was the original Gonzo the Great. Uh you know Kevin Clash who who's you know, a, a muppet performer but also, you know, obviously he's Elmo and Steve Whitmire puppet puppeteered Robbie. You know Steve Whitmire took over from Jim Henson for Kermit the Frog. So like a lot of the OG like Muppet guys were deeply involved in this show. And you can tell because the just the craft is always on point.
0: Yeah, this is the the puppeteer. This show is it, like it's really beautiful. Like in rewatching it, like it still looks great.
1: Mm-hmm. The other but... thing I the other thing I was thinking about in regard to the show is this is all this is like the missing link in our uh Flintstones episode where we were trying to figure out like why on earth would someone green like this dinosaurs probably proved to someone like hey we can make this look like this and that's kind of why the Flintstones movie looks the way it does It's cuz they were just aping that's, dinosaurs
0: That's true. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that.
1: Um but yeah, this is another just really fun song. I have uh no 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 notes honestly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm no, it's not one of my favorites because I, I think because I just can't get past anyone being like that horny for Earl. <laughs> like I can't. It's weirdly quaint. It's in like this era where it's just like he's a like horrible idiot brute, but I love him. Like what a quaint, weird sitcom era. Mm-hmm. Like now that like trope of like the hard working man is used in like as a stand in for a Trump voter.
1: Yeah, but I mean, again, like think of how many sitcoms fit that mold of like the hot wife and the big dumb guy. Like that's every sitcom,
0: but like very much from that era. Not you don't necessarily see that as much anymore.
1: True, yeah.
0: And so it's it's so era specific and weirdly baffling.
1: I mean, this is also in the, in the same like era and probably even time block where Roseanne was on TV, and it's basically the same show.
0: Yeah, except that Roseanne wasn't hot.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, of course.
0: But, I mean, <clears throat> like smoking hot, but I think, you know, she could get it.
1: Earl Sinclair isn't not John Goodman, though.
0: <laughs> but like this song is like, imagine being horny for the grimace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, everybody's got a type, Okay. And I'm not like way
0: horny for him.
1: I'm not here to kick shame anybody. (laughs) Not even dinosaurs. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's just too horny for Earl. (laughs) It's like a snail trail. That chair is damp.
1: God. Why are we doing this? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next up is a song called Poor Slobs. And it's Earl and his co-workers singing about how much they hate their job as tree pushers.
0: Yeah, so that, um, joining us is, um, Sam McMurray playing Roy.
1: Yeah, let's go to a clip.
0: Recognizable oh. work, work, to push down a forest full of trees. This one will hardly be recognizable.
1: If we could spare just a few of these. We're poor slobs with terrible jobs. Someone tell us, please. Is it too late to change our
0: face? The song I heard when this one started playing. What's that? Butts, butts, butts from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Feels like very like Dumbo-esque. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't quite place it, but it, it makes me uncomfortable. That said they're calling out climate change. Yes. In 1992. Yes. This song is all about how they shouldn't be destroying the forests. Mhm. This is a puppet show. <laughs> this is a, sound, a a musical from a puppet show.
1: And, and like and their job, their their job is that they are just literally pushing trees over with their bare hands. Uh as a way to like you know clear cut the ground and also to provide you know what have you from from knocking over trees, but like they're literally just pushing trees over,
0: yeah, but they're all saying like maybe we shouldn't push over trees, and like, why are we doing Dan this? Richfield, who is definitely endorsed by Donald Trump,
1: oh, oh yes. Uh,
0: is just like no, keep pushing over trees,
1: bottom and... line, bottom line, bottom line,
0: yeah, this is awesome. Like again, I don't love this song, but that's that's just kind of cool.
1: Yeah, like I'll t- I'll take the message where I can get it at this point.
0: Yeah, and it's and especially that it wasn't that big of a deal, and every you know there was so much about recycling, and if this song came out now, like Ron DeSantis would be having a meltdown about it.
1: Oh, yeah, he would be encouraging people to go go pump gasoline in record numbers just so they can burn it, like
0: just because like they're not going to let a bunch of woke dinosaurs tell them how to live, like Sean Hannity would probably explode like in scanners
1: <laughs> The big thumb on the top of his head would just collapse, yeah, <laughs>
0: like, and that this really just wasn't a big thing, like that was just part of this show's agenda.
1: Yeah, but also like this is at the time this was one of like many things that were just it was just kind of in the air at the at the, the time in the early '90s where like environmentalism was just I don't see it's hard to, to say because I was little at the time so I didn't really know the full extent of it but I get the sense that it was everywhere. Gully? Yeah. Oh, think about yeah. Captain
0: Planet. Definitely. I mean, I definitely remember how, getting books at the Scholastic Book Fair about like how to save like how to do nice things for the planet mm-hmm. and starting to see recycling bins putting you know put in the ban on black garbage bags all these things Um, starting to ban smoking indoors right yeah and it seemed like for a minute like we were gonna do right by the planet and then we decided not to well yeah and but that's
1: one of the one of the things that kind of sucks about growing up nowadays is you know, you think back to all of these these um, lessons you were taught as a kid about saving the planet and conservation and recycling, and then you grow up and your parents are just like, "You didn't believe that, did you? Those were just <laughs> like those were just fairy tales we told you to make you feel better."
0: Yeah, the your paper straw isn't going to do shit if they're still dumping toxic waste in the ocean.
1: Yeah, enjoy the bottom half of that Coke, like, <laughs> no. Uh, so, so I but, guess. I guess all we're saying with this is, like, it's just remarkable that the song even exists at all because who was paying attention to a dinosaur song about climate change?
0: I just, I I think it's kind of cool that it was just, it was able to be part of that cultural landscape, that it was in mm-hmm. the conversation uh, of a family show. I think that's great. And it's it, it's heavy-handed, but they all were. I mean, this is very special episode
1: oh yeah definitely this was the era of very special episodes so i I,
0: like i kind of i kind of respect that in a weird way agreed and that yeah they just wrote a pop song about how we shouldn't be destroying all the trees yeah that's kind of cool
1: it's it's very very punk rock i appreciate it
0: okay um (laughs) i always kind of like roy as a dinosaur roy
1: was always a cool dude yeah
0: uh he was level headed
1: mm-hmm. And Sam, so. Sam McMurray is one of those actors who he always pops up in like little little bit parts, but you always love to see him too, even when he's not like physically on screen uh i mean he he played Herman Munster in one of the Munster movies uh he's in raising arizona he's in christmas vacation um I think he's in the Adams family movies, but I'm not sure. <laughs> If, like, if you saw, he, is.
0: he plays don buckman in the adam yeah, family movie.
1: yeah if you if, if, like if you saw his face you'd know him but like he's not one of those names that's like immediately recognizable but he's a great he's a great like character actor i love him
0: all right love uh, it
1: go, if for for more on on sam mcmurray please see christmas creeps episode on the monster scary little christmas
0: and also christmas vacation
1: yes absolutely
0: but next, uh, we take a slight detour because this is not a character song. No. Um, this is a dinosaur love song called Eon After Eon. Mm-hmm. Let's go to a clip. Hold on to, hold on to my real time. Remember that our friendship shines and it's brighter. this is supposed to be like a style parody of one of those late 80s early 90s r&b ballads so that's what friends are for tonight uh i celebrate my love anything involving pebo bryson
1: yep yep <laughs>
0: but this is legit like, like, like I, this is actually beautiful
1: i almost like i had to look up or no i couldn't because there's, there's no data on any of this like this i wanted to know if this was actually pebo bryson for a second but uh, of course it's not but if still, not.
0: But do you, rec- <laughs> do you recognize the woman?
1: No, I don't. Who is it?
0: Uh, it's Susan Boyd. Does that name ring a bell for you?
1: That name sounds familiar. Who is that?
0: She was Cameron Diaz a singing double in The Mask?
1: You fucking kidding me? Really? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Yes, I can hear that in my head now. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Wow. Yep.
0: <laughs> she was one of the backup singers on this, so this is, like, her track. Okay. I couldn't find who the guy was, though.
1: That's really cool.
0: I was, like, that was... I was so excited about finding out that. That was, like, my super fun fact.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the liner notes on the CD are very slim. Like, it's just got... The list of all the musicians kind of in alphabetical order and doesn't tell you who's on what track, which is really, really yeah. annoying.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, in character, you know?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Don't destroy the magic. But yeah, also, like, give credit where credit is due, please.
1: Though I, I will note, I'm not entirely sure where, but Chuck D is on this album somewhere.
0: Amazing. <laughs> he wrote that rap for Baby.
1: He, pr- he probably did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We wouldn't put that um, on. No. I'm not entirely convinced that Diane Warren and David Foster didn't rip this off for Celine Dion's "Because You Loved Me" from Up Close and Personal in 1996. <laughs> like you'll never convince me of that.
1: I could hear that.
0: Yes, it's it's so close. I love this song so much.
1: Like this, really is. It's very close to the people bryson version of a whole new world
0: yes it
1: really really is
0: they rip they probably ripped that off too.
1: well i mean it's disney so like they don't have to worry about any lawsuits i'm
0: yeah. <laughs> um, i'm begging you when you get married play this at your wedding
1: i'll slip just the dj slip 50 bucks there. and like here take this just play it don't ask questions
0: no one, no one would bat an eye because it's not like we're dinosaurs and we're in love. It's just about like we'll love each other through the ages. It's actually, I think, like we'll be friends. So you and I could sing this at karaoke. Mm-hmm.
1: The Make one line, the, the one line that really struck out to me, I just thought was funny was when uh, when I, one of them sings when when your horns are drooping and you're not yourself at all. Oh, <laughs> who what? among us hasn't been there?
0: Yeah, exactly. Aww. I love this song. This is my favorite song.
1: This it's this
0: song rules
1: again. It's so surprising after the last couple.
0: <laughs> it's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Mad respect. Mad respect.
1: People. And it's so good that I can almost excuse the last song, on, the, the next song on this album, almost. Because <laughs> the, the next song on the album might be the stupidest thing we've ever covered on this show is the next song track 11 of 12 on this album <clears throat> it's a song called be an herbivore and it is a song sung by the food in earl's fridge begging him not to eat them <laughs>
0: to sing this to the halloween candy we've stashed in the garage
1: <laughs> i mean on the one hand i get the joke it's an okay joke but like what convinced a person that they needed to write write this song and then record it
0: after like this beautiful song like you could have ended the album there but you didn't
1: yeah you couldn't give like robbie or charlene another song really yeah
0: and this although vegetarianism, and climate change. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody tell Tucker Carlson. <laughs> he's going to spend like the next four weeks complaining about the woke dinosaur agenda that's coming for our children. It's mm-hmm. like rubber dinosaur puppets sanctioned by Joe Biden's time-traveling Antifa super soldiers are telling your kids to eat vegetables, telling them that climate change is real. Is This the America we want for the next generation.
1: Joe Biden has stolen King Koopa's de-evolution machine and he's using it on your children.
0: Force them to eat vegetables. <laughs> Said would die if he had to watch this like he would mm-hmm. just melt he would just melt into the, like the puddle of goo that he is
1: well as the heir apparent to like to the him. swanson tv dinner fortune like he has a vested interest in like this kind of shit
0: <laughs> in feeding people rats and lizards
1: yes exactly oh <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not endorsed by swanson tv dinners
0: yeah, I don't give a shit.
1: No, who cares? <laughs> we're the leftovers. We're not nutritious. So. Try the plants instead. We assure you they're delicious.
0: Yeah, this is really like, oh shit. We gotta write another song. Uh, guy's just like looking at his fridge. He's all over mm. He's like, all right, from food's point of view, sure, whatever.
1: I do appreciate the kids, though that we're listening to it. the song ends. The song ends on the line, "Go ahead, eat a leaf." <laughs> which like if there's any like vegetarian coalition out there, that's should be the slogan. Like just put printed out there, go ahead, eat a leaf.
0: Our vegan friends for
1: all for our vegan friends out there. We love you too. And now it now comes time for the closing track on this album, which we've had yes. so much fun discussing tonight and sharing with you people. But now is time. Uh, but now it's time it's for snoozing, snoozing time. time yes so Libby take it away
0: yes this is once again a song by Jessica Walter as Fran Sinclair let's go to a clip time, won't you please go to sleep while only my
1: leg is harpoon mama will limp out and you won't hear a peep then she'll band
0: that festering wound. Man, I'm dying down here. It starts beautiful and it goes dark real fast.
1: It does. This is this is the one song on the album where I was like, "This is like a Weird Al song."
0: Not enough children's albums. Uh, use the phrase "bandaging your father's festering wound," like that might even transcend Weird Al and head straight to Guar.
1: Yeah, that's a little bit much. <laughs> You kicked your dad real hard in the chest and you almost blew grandma away.
0: <laughs> Bites off the end of Robbie's tail.
1: He ate all his Doesn't toys. He broke down the door. He left giant holes in the lawn. <laughs> you trash Charlene's Baby's room from ceiling him. to floor and some of the neighbors are gone. <laughs> Baby Sinclair is so bad that he's driving neighbors off the block.
0: He ate them.
1: That as well.
0: Yes. Well, he's a dinosaur. He can do whatever he wants.
1: Exactly. So, what are you gonna do? He's the baby. You gotta love him.
0: In peace, Jessica Walter, you beautiful angel. Oh, uh,
1: she was too good for this stupid earth.
0: Too pure and good.
1: Oh man, <laughs> this this is actually a really fun uh, song to close on because it just it gets back to like the the humor of the show, and
0: this is what having kids is like. Mm-hmm. Like you. Want to sing them a nice lullaby, but also you're like, you have ruined everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or in, in my head, it, it, the idea I got was like, you know, your your pets don't really care what you say to them as long as you say it to them in a nice voice.
0: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: who's a little hell spawn from Satan? You are. Yes, like they don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's not your house. <laughs>
1: Come on down. That's not your house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What I say to my cats all the time. (laughs) That's not where you live.
1: Mm -mm. Oh, boy. (laughs) So uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, Closing thoughts on Dinosaurs' big songs.
0: Listen to this now as a whole ass adult. But I was really surprised by how much work was put into it.
1: I know. I, I appreciate it more than I thought I would.
0: Yeah. And I I think as a kid, I would have absolutely lived for this Mm -hmm. in the same way that I would have loved the same way I did love Weird Al because it had so many different genres and exposed me to so many different types of music. And I think this does the same.
1: Mm -hmm. And there's a sense sense of humor to it that really sort of teases you along until you're you're getting lessons that you didn't expect to get in a, a children's album. You know like any other any other children's album would have beaten you over the head with lessons about climate change, but in a dinosaurs album it it sneaks it in there in some pretty clever ways
0: so i I actually had more fun with this one than i I think we thought we were going to have
1: <clears throat> I was honestly dreading it based purely on the uh the opening track, which I have kind of tortured myself with for the last five years. The rest of the album honestly pretty good. <laughs>
0: Think, uh, I think this one's due for kind of a revival so if you haven't listened to the dinosaurs album if you were a fan when you were a kid uh, give it a play yeah it's, it's just kind of fun to listen to uh,
1: yeah one one user you know, has a little, little nostalgia one user has put it up the whole thing up on YouTube so I will link that in the show notes for you to listen to uh, it's well worth a listen and if if you're intrigued by this at all uh, the dinosaur show is available to stream on Disney plus as far as I know
0: I, and it was on Hulu for a time right. Wow. So what are we doing next week? Uh,
1: next week, we are taking a trip up to the the, the scenic countryside of uh, merry old England to, to discuss the soundtrack to 2007's Hot Fuzz.
0: All right. This is one that's kind of been in the can for a while.
1: It has. I mean, I've, I've been excited to get back to an, an Edgar Wright uh, soundtrack for a while because he always puts so much thought into those.
0: So They're very beautifully curated. This, so that'll this, be exciting. This
1: will be a fun time. Uh, so, until then, Libby, where can our listeners find you on the internet?
0: Find me on Twitter at Libby Cudmore. You can find me on Instagram at record underscore Saturday, or you can listen to me over at the Misbehaven Podcast. We just finished up season one of the Righteous Gemstones. Ah, to season two.
1: Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Thank. You, Joe, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Cordial Wombat and the same on Instagram. Or you can listen to me holler about Christmas movies all year round on the Christmas Creeps podcast at Christmas Creeps. We are deep in the middle of Home for the Horror Days and we are we are prepping our next film, which is called Blood Beat. It's going to be a wild ride. So check that out. Uh, and if you have any. It's, it's 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 something else. All right. And if you have any questions or comments for us, uh, we can find us on Twitter at OST Party, or you could email us anything at OSTPartypod at gmail.com. So, for the OST Party, I'm Joseph Wade.
0: I'm Libby Cutmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. No one makes me wear shoes when I go walking, as long as I stay with the herd. It's the middle of the night, and I should be asleep. Stay under the covers and not make a peek.